When I served my last parish in Estonia, I was also a dean. My deanery overlapped more or less with our county, which had a population of about 80,000 people. At the beginning of December every year, the county governor sent an invitation to all married couples celebrated their 50th, 60th, 65th, or 70th wedding anniversary. If there were couples who had been together for more than 70 years, they were also invited. It was a beautiful event that always began with a spiritual message, prayer and blessing conducted by me as a dean. I always felt great there because people were happy, joyous, grateful, festive. There were always a lot of children. So it was a big party with presents, live music, dancing, champagne, cake and snacks. However, I remember one of these events quite differently. Not because it was any different than usual, but because my mind was elsewhere. That was a dozen years ago. A few days before, a tragedy had struck our family. Our son, Johannes, was hit by a car, and the medics initially gave him almost no hope of life. He was in a coma, he had severe brain damage, and I'll be honest, I was expecting news of his death at any moment. So, I was there at this big party, but I couldn't feel the slightest bit of joy. Instead, I took my phone out of my pocket every 10 seconds and looked to see if anyone had called. I felt relieved when there were no calls or when I saw that it was someone I knew who had called. But when the number was unknown to me, I was almost certain it was the dreaded message. As you know, everything went well. Johannes came out of the coma and began to recover so quickly that even the medics were amazed. I am grateful to God from the bottom of my heart for this miracle. But my most wonderful experience during that time was that despite all the hopelessness, I never lost faith and trust in God even for a moment. It all came back to me a few days ago in connection with something that happened to me. I took my usual 
evening walk, which is about five miles long. Since there is a lot to do during the day, I usually manage to go out for a walk only when it's already dark. That day, I wanted to go a little earlier, but again, some things came up and I was able to leave around eight o'clock. I was even upset and frumpy that I didn't manage to go earlier. About a quarter to nine, I reached a large intersection and waited at the red light. There, I was surprised to hear some shouts of people and also, as it were, a voice of a child. And suddenly, I saw a little girl, about three years old, running between the cars. Some drivers saw her and stopped the cars. Some didn't notice anything and drove on. It is a major street with a speed limit of 50 miles per hour. Without thinking, I ran to the intersection. The light was still red, picked up the girl in my arms and brought her to the sidewalk. Then I began to walk in the direction she had come from. Right away, I saw and heard people running panic between the houses looking for the child. I went to them and handed the girl over to her father. It was only later that I really began to understand what had happened. The most important thing this incident taught me is that, thank God, I was in the right place at the right time, which is probably why I hadn't been able to go out earlier that night as I had planned. But now let's think about what the parents of this child must have felt and thought during those few minutes when they were looking for their child. Their house was right on that big road. What terrifying images must have flashed before their eyes. I'm pretty sure that evening and night, while grateful that they had their daughter back alive and well, they couldn't help but keep asking the painful questions. What if she had been hit by a car? How would we have lived then? Would we have been able to forgive ourselves or God? How could we let this happen? Our gospel today also speaks about a girl. About the girl to whom the worst not only could happen, but had happened. She was dead. This girl's parents must also have asked questions, extremely painful questions to themselves and to God. Why had God 
allowed this to happen? Should we have done something more or differently? Why did God even let her be born when he took her away so early? I know people who have turned their backs on God because of such questions and the unbearable pain that comes with them. One such person was my own grandmother after the death of her first son when he was only 11 years old. It wasn't until about 60 years later that my grandmother was able to reconcile with God again. 60 years. Just a short time before her death. The parents of the dead girl in today's gospel certainly did not doubt God or that his will is good and right. On the contrary, they knew that God was their only hope. And they also knew, probably not with complete clarity, but rather subconsciously, that Jesus was the one and only through whom God could help them. We know something even greater and better than they did. That in the person of Jesus Christ, our Savior, God himself has become man, has come to us, and by assuming our human nature, has redeemed us and reconciled and united us with himself. But now, pay close attention. Today's gospel does not just tell us that there was some accident that happened to that girl, which unfortunately resulted in her death, and that Jesus came and simply brought her back to life. What happened to this girl and her parents was not an accident, but something that could be said that they were in the right place at the right time. They had an experience that certainly did not allow them to continue living as before, that changed everything for them. If before they had believed in God and in his goodness, generosity, and help theoretically, now they knew with full certainty that God is with them, that he is good and generous, and that he really helps and saves. If before they had thought that maybe, maybe Jesus could help them, now they had experienced and knew that he is their Redeemer and Savior. From that moment on, nothing could take away their faith, or rather, their firm conviction. Just as nothing 
can shake my faith in God after what I experienced with my son a dozen years ago. And after I was in the right place at the right time a few days ago to save a little girl from being hit by a car and killed. No, nothing can take away my conviction that, as the scriptures say, all my times are in God's hand. In our gospel today, there is one more person whose life changed completely. A woman who had been sick for 12 years and who now came, touched the hem of Jesus' garment and was healed. Or, as the King James translation beautifully says, was made whole. In Greek, the word sozo is used here, the primary meaning of which is not to heal, but to save, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. Both the little girl and her parents in our gospel today, as well as the woman who had been sick for 12 years, represent the whole humanity. It doesn't matter if you are young or old, healthy or sick. We all share the same fate. We are subject to corruption and death. We all have only one hope, God's saving and healing grace in Jesus Christ, the grace that makes us whole. The encounter with Jesus, also today, here in this church, in his word, and in the most holy sacrament of the altar, can change and should change our whole life. To show you how essential this is, I will leave you with a meditation that I actually recommend you to reflect on every day. Imagine you are on your deathbed. You are barely breathing. You know that a few more minutes, a few hours at most, and you will die. You will no longer see the next sunrise. You will no longer experience its light and warmth. You can no longer look into the eyes of your loved ones. Hold their hands. You will never hear your favorite music again. Smell your favorite flowers. That's it. Your life is over. All the years, months, weeks, days, hours, minutes and seconds you've been given have run out. How many wasted moments and opportunities do you remember at that moment? How bitter pain and sadness do you feel in your heart for them? 
But suddenly, the room turns bright. An angel appears to you and says, You have been given a new opportunity. You can live on from the moment you reflect on this meditation. That is, from now on. Because that's exactly how it is. This moment is right now. Right now, you can decide to live on so that when the hour of your death comes, you don't have to feel the bitter pain of regret for wasted time and opportunities. On the contrary, you can reach out your hands to your Savior with joy, in grateful, grateful faith and trust, and say, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. This is exactly what St. Paul is talking about in today's epistle, when he calls us to give thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.